All right. Okay. Hello. Uh, this is episode four of Introducing. Today, I'm talking to. Uh, let's get this. Let's get this started right from the beginning. Tell me how you say your name. <laughs> the white way or the no, Asian no, no. Way? <laughs> your name. There's got to be one way to say your name. Malika Chatlapali. Say it one more time. Malika Chatlapali. It's chat? Yes. I mean, that's how I say it. I was expecting to not understand the first part, but the last name I didn't know I was also saying wrong. So it's actually, I think it's more of like a, how do I say it? I guess I thought it was not, I didn't think the A was as long. Maybe that's what I was thinking. So if I was in India or like the Indian way would be Chatlapali. That's what I think I was saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I know a lot of people, right. they just call you Malik, Malika, but that's technically not it, right? It's like Malika. Malika? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you don't seem to be certain <laughs> either, so that's fine with me. <laughs> um, I got to know you, I guess, through the University of Michigan, technically, but really, we got to know each other. Obviously, you lived with Divya in Chicago for two, two years, three years. Yeah, I think I don't two and a half years, two and a half years. And I was just sort of a guest uh, who would come and go. And, and I think uh, we got to hang out a lot. And I was there before you met your husband and after. So I feel like I've, you know, I've known multiple different Malikas. So um, I'm excited to hear kind of what's been going on in the last very many years since you moved away. So you're drinking some wine. Is that a is that a usual thing for a weekday? Is it a weekday? It's a weekday, yeah. It's a weekday, yeah. So we actually started sleep training my daughter, Reva, uh, last week. That's so, part yes, of the training. Wine. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is my part of the training. Is it is it because it's that difficult? Um, it was difficult at first. Uh, I mean it's all relative. Like I've heard people having a lot of trouble with it. She cried for thirty minutes. Yeah. The first well, that's not that bad. Which is exactly it's not yeah. that bad. But uh, but it still warranted a glass of wine. Sure. Okay. That's fair enough. It's weird to think yeah. that I have experience in this. It doesn't seem like something that yeah. I should know about. But I'm I'm still mentally catching up with my real life. I think so. That's fine. So now she's sleeping through the night already. Yeah. She um. We'll put her down around seven, and I'll feed her maybe around like ten o'clock, and then well, while she's still sleeping, and then uh. Uh, we wake her, or she wakes up around six, trying to work on that, you know, maybe a little early. later. Yeah. That is um, pretty early. Yeah. We'll try to wait a little bit. She kind of just like rolls around a little bit for a while and then uh, okay. yeah, by seven she's up. Okay. Is she as good at falling asleep with Praneet as she is with you or is it kind of still, does she have a favorite? That's a good question. I haven't noticed anything so far, but it's also only been, it's been like 10 days, so. Okay. Cause I know, I mean, when I was, I think when we were trying to learn, get him to learn how to sleep, I was not around a lot. Like my rotations for, for residency were very long. And so I wouldn't, I would leave before he would even wake up and I would come back after he was already asleep. And so when I did get to try to put him to sleep, he absolutely did not want, want me to do that. So that's good. Yeah. If you can share the responsibility, that's always nice. So you have been living in North Carolina for how long now? Has it been a year? 
Yeah, it's been two years. Two years. Yeah, wow. moved in 2019. 2019? Okay. And now you are in New York. So after Michigan, you went to New York, and then you went to Chicago, and then North Carolina. No, you were in New York twice? Yeah, yeah. It was Michigan, New York, Chicago, New York, North Carolina. Okay. And which one has been your favorite so far? Hmm. I mean, they're all so different. Um, and it's also like different times of your life. That's true. So it has, it's tied with memories. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could pick one. Like there's like favorite things that I have from each one. Okay. What, so what were you in New York? You were living by yourself or you had roommates? So the first time I lived in New York, I had two roommates. Um, do you remember Pollock Mayani? Yes. So I took over her lease. So I, I lived see. with her two coworkers um, uh, who were awesome, but I was I had hadn't met them before I moved in with them. So oh wow! It was a it was a fun time. Did you getting to know them? How long did you when you as living as you were living through there? Did you like become better friends, or were they? Some people are just roommates, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't really keep in touch with them. I we follow each other on Instagram, but um. Okay. But yeah, I, you know. They're people that I would not have met otherwise. Through them? Yeah. Like, okay. you know, they, yeah. Okay. What level of connection is there if you follow somebody on social media? Like, where does that rank in terms of, like, stranger, met you a couple times, follow on social media, acquaintance? Like, is that, does following somebody on social media equate to some level of connection or friendship, in your opinion? Oh, such a good question. I, probably depends on how active you are. Um, you know, there's some people that are on social media and they, they're more like consumers. So they just go and That's me. absorb versus, <laughs> yeah, versus posting anything. But then, yeah, if you're one of those people that posts a lot, you know, people can feel really close to you because, you know, you're sharing a lot of things about your life. Um, in this example with those two girls, uh, one of them actually posts a lot. She has a daughter. She posts a lot about her daughter, about her husband. And so in a way, I kind of feel like I am close to her because I know about her life, what she's going through. So. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I think this is actually a really interesting idea. Google is the right word, but I don't use social media, I think, the way that it's intended to, right? I think I think the, the selling point is like use social media to connect better with other people, right? I mean, you're meant to share on social media and you're meant to see what other people are doing and use that to get to know them, know what's going on in their life, and then hopefully use that to actually share like a real connection. But I think, like you said, a lot of people are really just using it and they're finding things out about other people, but you're, it's not like you see something on, you know, whoever that roommate was, and then you're like reaching out like, hey, I saw that you did this, blah, blah, blah. Like, or do you do that? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I feel like it's not like it's wrong necessary. I think it's just like an interesting concept. Like, are you closer to her because you know what's going on in her life, but you actually don't talk to her? Is that better than not knowing what's going on in her life and not talking to her? I don't think I know the answer. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, a really... It's, it's a very, like, deep question. Yeah. I don't expect you to have the answer. I, I just... <laughs> Wait, we're, how far are we in? We're two minutes in. Yeah, this is this is the things that I that I think about. I think. No, I mean, I I think it's really interesting, and it's 
um, like I feel like now when I go on Instagram, I'm going to be thinking about this, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you don't really share so everything about your life through social media. And so mm-hmm. you could argue that it, it doesn't make me closer to her, but then also, you know, knowing a little bit about her life as compared to nothing, um, makes a difference. So, so something is better than nothing. I think so. Do you um, share a lot on social media? I don't, I can't say I know the answer. Yeah, I, I would say I fall more towards like the spectrum of, of not sharing, um, okay. go through waves, but, uh, I'm, I'm more of a consumer, but I mean, with a lot of content related stuff, whether it's social media or otherwise, most people are consumers as opposed to like contributors. Um, so yeah, I, I don't share as much, but, uh, I think I post more than you. So. Oh, you you definitely do. I don't think I posted since <laughs> March of 2019 or something like that. And somebody else posted that for me. But <clears throat> I think I, I tend to be more on the extremes when it comes to social media. Because to me, it's like, well, if you're really not sharing everything, like I know it's not fully honest, right? It's only I'm on vacation or I had a baby or, you know, I got married or whatever it is. You're doing something fun that you want to share about, but you're not sharing everything or whatever you're sharing is probably skewed towards something more positive than maybe it really is. And to me, it's like, I would feel, I don't feel comfortable sharing things. I don't feel like I would care really like what's going on in my life, which is, I know that's not totally accurate. And that's part of why I think I'm doing this, right. To learn how to, to share more and learn that I think we're all doing the same thing and be more, more open, I guess, but I still don't see myself posting on social media. <laughs> not going to be taking pictures of my, my, my fruits and vegetables. Oh, your, your nicely prepared restaurant meals. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. I don't know. I think I still have yet to find a good use for my social media. Even since, yeah. since, you know, Ara was born, I'm not like, I have like a thousand pictures of him, but I'm not posting them anywhere. Cause I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I don't think social media directly relates to your job, but I do think you're doing some pretty interesting work and I know you've made a couple of transitions throughout the years. So I'd like to hear where you started and how you decided to, to make a switch to UX and, and how you feel like it's, it's been going. Okay. So college coming out of college, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I was working at IBM as a kind of just like a general technology consultant where they, they would basically rotate you through a different project every six months so you could learn different verticals like automotive or, um, you know, I don't know, just d- different industries um, and then different types of roles. So it's basically a, a, I spent two years just working at all kinds of different projects trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I learned about UX through one of those projects. And that's when I moved to Chicago. I took some time off from my job to do that design boot camp. So it's uh, kind of like General Assembly, but it was called Designation. And it was at that time, it only had one location, which was in Chicago. But now they um, they were acquired by a bigger company, and they're they've expanded. And after that, I, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then after that, I got my first UX job at United Airlines. And that's when I started living with it. Yeah. 
So how different was your original job like at IBM compared to UX? I mean, is there is there a transition there or is it, was it just something that you decided, I don't want to do this and I want to do that? Yeah, you know, they weren't very much related. So when I was working at IBM, like one of the projects I worked on was uh, creating this like suite of mobile apps for different industries. Um, they were kind of like a, like a template of an app. So we created this template of an app for um, companies that do supply chain. And basically you could kind of take this app, customize it, brand it with your company's you know, name and logo and whatnot, and then use this app within your company. So that was, that was the concept. And we worked with designers, but my job was more just like, figuring out like writing out like a list of things that the app needed to do or like coordinating with other people who are were more specialized than I was. It was really high level stuff, kind of like project management. Um, so yeah, not super related to UX, but it, it was the way that I met my first UX designer and kind of got introduced to those types of people. And um, that's how I kind of sparked, that's what sparked my interest. So what makes somebody quit their job and, and you get new training, unpaid time to just dive into a new job? I mean, that, you know, people don't do that. And I think maybe more people should if they could. Um, like, how do you how are you able to do that? And, and how did you where did you find like the courage, I guess, to, to do something like that? Because that's that's impressive. I mean, not I think a lot of people probably wish they could do something like that. Yeah, you know, I actually I don't know where I kind of got up the nerve to do that. I, so when I left IBM, I originally took a leave of absence. So it wasn't like I was totally out there on the ledge. Like I, okay. could, I could go back to that job if I wanted to. Um, but I was just so unhappy there that I was okay. like, I need to do this. So. So it was, so it was both. It was, it was a desire to do something that you were really interested in, but also being pushed away by something that you were doing that you didn't like. Oh yeah. Okay. And since doing UX and stuff, are you, I mean, is it everything that you were expecting it to be? Are you like happy doing this kind of a job? I, I am happy. Uh, I enjoy the work that I do and reading about UX and uh, talking to other UXers. I don't know if I've found my perfect environment for doing this type of work. So, you know, I, I worked at United, which is not a UX, you know, it's not known for its UX. It's, a, it's an airline. So um, that was a very corporate culture. And then okay. after that, I worked at Priceline.com, which is also not really known for its UX. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't say much more about that. But, you know, it was a little bit more startup-y, but it's also a big company. And, um, and now I work at Google, which is which is known for its UX, but is also a big company. So I've worked at a lot of big corporate companies and I think I'm still looking for that environment, whether it's a startup or maybe a nonprofit or something where I can feel passionate about not just doing UX, but like the kind, what I'm actually doing the UX for. Okay, so this isn't the final step in, in your career. You think there's still something slightly different that you'd wanna do. 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think either way is probably good, but at least you knowing the answer to the question is probably more important than the answer itself. Do you, I mean, since becoming a mom, how much of your perspective on work has it changed at all? Yeah, I mean, I am very fortunate where my child is almost six months old and I'm still on maternity leave. So. That's incredible. <laughs> I have not gone back to work yet. Um, but I definitely think it'll be different. I think I'm a different person and I kind of don't want to waste my time on things that don't matter anymore. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see when I go back to work and I don't know, like have to do something that I feel like is really stupid. Like, am I, am I going to go through with it or just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, since I think that the day Ara was born, going to work was, there was already something different about it. I was just, yeah. I'm like, man, this, this does not, seem as important it's not that I didn't want to work it was just there were a lot of things to me like you said are just not they just are not important anymore but you have to work so yeah. maybe, maybe you don't have to work I don't know um maybe, yeah maybe if this interview is good enough then I'll be famous and I won't need to go back <laughs> to work I mean how how much of your life has changed you've been six months not working you just you've been at home and I imagine I know you have a bunch of family both yours and Bernie kind of in the area at least close ish like what is it what has it been like i know um it's a lot and everybody has different reactions to it yeah um man where do i start it's it's felt like a roller coaster for sure and i'm sure you and vivia can relate to that it's yeah every week every month every day is different yeah um yeah it's been it's been interesting um for a while, I felt like things were so busy that I didn't even really have a sense of myself anymore. Like I look back on the last six months and I don't really know what I did or like, you know, what I accomplished or how I spent my time. Um, yeah. It's really just been all about Brava, which is totally okay. And that's kind of like what this time in life is meant to be. Uh, but yeah, that's probably been the biggest difference. It's like, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit on the back burner backstage and it's really been mostly about Reva. You know, I, do you think that's going to last? I mean, at some point you're going to have to, I think, you know, shift some focus back to, to yourself and, and, and for Neith and not that you forget about the kid, but I mean, how are you planning to at least try to focus on yourself in addition to, you know, Reva? Cause she is going to continue to change and you're going to have to adjust. And how do you incorporate your own sanity and health? while raising a kid? I don't know the answer. I'm, if you know the answer, then tell me. Yeah, I, I don't. But I do agree that it's really important to start shifting that focus. Because in the very beginning, you know, you really can't help it. They, they need you for everything, especially, you know, the mom and, you know, from feedings and then, you know, just being comforted and sleep and everything. But it's not sustainable for the parents' happiness and mental yeah. health and so much and physical health. So I, I do agree that it's, it's important to make that shift. And I think just starting work is probably going to make that happen a little bit more. And that's true. Um, yeah. And just being able to like hand her off to the grandparents and, you know, just kind of carve yeah. out time. We're, uh, we're definitely making more of an effort to do that. Yeah. I agree with all that. It's it's nice to have like, family support as well. It's, I think as time goes on, you're, you're more, you are more okay. And probably, 
your child is more okay with not being together as much. But, mm-hmm. you know, the first, I'll even go as far as one year you want to spend as much time as possible. I, I don't think it gets boring and that's probably different for each person, but it's just so much fun. And I hope you're having fun. Uh, yeah. It's, it's funny how like the smallest little things like, oh my gosh, she like grabbed like, you know, this today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. I think, I mean, when Ara was born, we must have literally sat there and stared at him while he slept for 30, 40 minutes at a time. It was just so stupid, but it's just amazing, you know? Um, I, I'm interested to know what it was like for you before she was born. Like what kind of feelings were going through your head? Cause not everybody is always ultra excited about giving birth to a child or, you know, dealing with the after effects of, of their existence. Like what, if you remember, what was going through your mind? Were you more scared or were you more excited or hard to tell? You mean like immediately before, like like within a few months before? I guess after you found out. How about that? Okay. Um, <laughs> the first, like the first month after we found out was very, I, I was, I was very confused about how I felt. <laughs> Which is weird, right? Because it's not like it, I mean, it can happen by accident, but like usually yeah. these things are somewhat planned. Right. But, you know, I think I was a combination of excited, but also like super scared. And also the the first month is like a very risky time. So you never know what's going to happen and you don't yeah. want to get too excited. And um, so, yeah, I kind of just like didn't have any feelings about it like I was very stoic which Pranice was very freaked out about (laughs) are you happy um but I think that was just my coping mechanism like I was just trying to kind of at least until the first like you know a safe amount of time had passed you know just kind of be chill about it um and then after that I I think when I found out it was that we were having a girl that's when I started getting more excited because it felt like (laughs) okay like a person okay oh not because it was not because she's a girl just because you knew the answer oh exactly yeah I think we had no preference on gender okay um but it just felt more real yeah yeah that's nice and so after she's been born has it been easier harder than you expected um some things have been way harder so you know, full disclosure, breastfeeding is no joke. And yeah. that was way, way harder than anyone had ever prepared me for. Um, labor was way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, that was fun. Uh, but actually, like, being at home with her all day and, um, you know, it, it, there were times that were it was hard, but it wasn't as bad as I had heard or thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I cannot imagine of course what it's like to give birth to a child and I, I I will not say anything more about it, but you guys do some incredible things. Have Uh, you had to deliver a baby? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not, not my favorite place to be. I'll say that. Um, But it is incredible. Now your parents do you, like, what has been each set of parents' reaction to, like, being grandparents? Oh, man. Um, so, 
this is my parents' first grandkid. Right. So when we like when we told them that we were pregnant, they both just started sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> they were extremely happy, and they're very attached to her, and it's it's sweet. Um, they uh they're they're loving being grandparents, and for Pernit's parents, it's interesting because they this is their second set or right. Pernit's brother has two kids. He has and, two kids, yeah. Yeah, but they're now much older. Um, yeah. They are 10 and 12. Um, so yeah, so they're, you know, kind of like a different time around for Pernit's parents. And, yeah. Um, I mean, but they're equally as excited and they're super happy. Uh, but it's, you know, they've done this once before. Mm-hmm. Do you, because this happened to me, I, you know, totally honest. Like I, my perspective I'll start out by saying I already respected my parents a lot. And I think they sort of instilled in me some level of fear and respect since I was a kid, but kind of the way that my perspective on my life changed when Ara was born, I think my perspective on my parents also changed like right away after he was born. I mean, we talk about all these, I think a lot of the things that we have issues with or that we're struggling with comes from some amount of, of, I think privilege is the right word. You know I mean? We definitely have a lot more support than I think our, at least, I don't know about your parents, but, you know, I think in general, our generation probably has more help and support than our parents did. Do you feel like any part of you has started to either understand or have new perspective on like your, the way you you were raised by your parents? A hundred percent. I feel like it actually started when I was pregnant. Oh, even because, further back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I, so through work, I have a, a coach or a therapist, and I originally signed up for therapy just as like a, you know, you know, just like curious. You know, I, I didn't have like a particular issue I was going to it with, but it has improved my communication and my relationship with my parents, with my family so much, just teaching you how to, you know, receive information and communicate back in like a healthy way. It's, game changer um and so my coach would tell me a lot of times when i would get upset with the things that my parents would say to just be curious and ask questions and try to have an open mind um and with my mom you know she would say things like oh like you know once you have the baby like don't make pernice angry you know because you don't want him to like leave you or something right wouldn't want that yeah (laughs) Makes sense. <laughs> you know, and of course, normally I'd be like, oh, like, why would you say that? Like, you know, I'd get upset with her. But, you know, a lot of this comes from fear that, you know, that her mother told her when she was coming to America with my dad, like, don't make him upset. Don't make your in-laws upset. You know, listen to everything they say. Yeah. When it comes to money, like my mom would say things like, oh, you know, um, Again, just she would make comments that would assume that Pernice was in control of all the finances. And, you know, I would basically be responsible for other things. And that's just because that was her experience. Yeah. And you, I feel like when you learn more about your parents and you see them as people and the struggles that they went through, it just, uh, it helps you not react to them in like a harsh way when they say things that are just crazy yeah no that's so true it's 
I felt like I, I think I understood so much more of all the idiosyncrasies of the way that my parents talk to me and, and treat me. And I, I'm looking back on the way that I was raised and I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Like, I think I understand why this happened. And I think I'm just much more grateful for the way that I am understanding that so much of that was because of what they did and the things that, yeah. you know, we have to do for our son, every single thing they did for me, you want them to have everything they want. And they're very excited for their grandchild. And it's like hard to even understand that perspective, right? Cause that's a whole new role that they're playing. And it's just, it's yeah. very interesting that you, you know, I think everything with kids just seems so instantaneous, right? It's like the kid is born and all of a sudden you're like, wow, all this perspective that I have. And, <laughs> and um, it's really, uh, it's interesting. It's been a lot of, honestly, I think it's been a lot of fun. And it, it's, it's interesting that the, the coach that you have has, it sounds like not teaching you things, but helping you understand more about yourself, which helps you to communicate better with other people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some like, conversation techniques and things that she's taught me that have been useful but but yes it's a lot of like self-reflection and just uh just pausing a little bit and thinking more about what you actually want to say or what you're actually feeling before you jump right into it are you using those techniques on me right now i am I ha i've been using them for <laughs> the last 30 minutes i didn't even realize <laughs> okay that's good i'm learning so much from you <laughs> That's good. I mean, do you feel like, are you picking up certain things from, from your mom or your dad that you're like catching yourself with Rave out? Like, Oh man, that's, that's what my mom does. Or that's what my dad does. And now I'm doing oh, it. Oh gosh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, are you giving, is rice gonna... curing everything for Rave? <laughs> yeah, it's not, but she also has not started solids yet. So. Oh, that's six okay. That's true. It's coming up. Did you like when you were raised and you can, Decline to answer this. I mean, were your, was your family particularly like religious? Yes. So my mom is very religious. My dad's more spiritual. Okay. Uh, but I would, I would say generally they were both religious. They go to the temple a lot. They didn't eat or drink. Um, we do a lot of pujas at home. That whole, yeah. Everything. Has that made its way into your mind at all now that you're a mom or? not played a role um so i am not religious and praneeth is also not religious um so i i watched this talk i guess it's been over a year now uh and honestly i couldn't even tell you like i can't remember the name of the person who gave the talk but um she said something that was like you know none of us have access direct access to the truth even with scientific things you know we could say, oh, yeah, like, you know, the, the earth is round. And, and we trust that because we trust scientists or, you know, certain resources or textbooks or whatever that are telling us that information. With religion, my parents trust the sources that they're getting that information from. And I don't know what's the truth. I don't have direct access to the truth. And so I shouldn't judge them for having different beliefs. If I don't agree with them, that's totally fine, but they're allowed to feel and trust and believe in whatever they want to, and, and I'm allowed to do the same. Yeah. So I think ha more recently, I've just become more respectful of differences and 
obviously Reva's not, she doesn't know what's going on yet, but you know, I hope that I can extend that respect to her as well. You know, as yeah. she gets older, if she chooses to believe in something, let's say she wants to be very religious and wants to be a devout Hindu. I'm not, I should allow her to make that decision on her own. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's an admirable way of putting it. I agree. I think these are kind of some of the things that I, I started to think about at least once, once my son was born, I was like, man, I feel responsible for introducing him or, or allowing him to have whatever experience that he needs to make his own decision. And so just curious to know if becoming a mom had made you start to think about that. It sounds like it did, but it sounds like you're not very stressed out about it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like as we're talking now, like I probably sound like super calm and it's all cool. It's all, you know, it's all good. But yeah, you know, the other day, like both of our moms, they're trying to plan this like ceremony where, you know, like the baby crawls and picks up an object and it's like the first object they pick up, like their future career or something. Did not, we, we, haven't, we haven't done that. Aro's career is going to be something real trash if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you lay out the object. This is very popular in, in like East Asian cultures too. Okay. So I guess you lay out a couple objects and we're not talking like any random thing. It's like a stethoscope, obviously, like a ruler, you know. A ruler, you know, standard. okay, okay. <laughs> um, and then whatever they crawl towards, like that they have some kind of like inclination towards that, whatever's associated with that object. Okay. So our moms, want to plan this okay and it has to be on like the sixth day of the sixth month of right whatever you know yep. who cares facing if, east like, <laughs> who cares if Bernice on call or like yeah. you know saving a patient's life or like i'm you know working that doesn't matter okay it has yeah. to be at this time the stars have to align okay so we're going through that right now where we're like trying to all agree on how this is going to happen and you know, obviously, if Preneet and I had the choice, we would not, this wouldn't happen, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing it for our parents because, you know, yeah, it makes them happy. So, I mean, how do you get on the selection committee for these objects? <laughs> that's, that... You know, that's a great question, right? Like, are we going to, like, how do we choose the career options for her? Are we going to limit yeah. her? And how many, I mean, how many objects are we talking? Is it going to be a full circle of things that she has to choose from? You don't want to limit her. <laughs> These are great, great questions that, yeah. you know, our parents make up the answers to as we ask them. So conference me in to the next call. I, I have some questions. I will. I, I think you should be our third party event planner and yeah. you, can, you can deal with our parents. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't do that. That's interesting, though. I feel like there's probably a lot of those kinds of things that our parents have, you know, traditions are traditions without a real reason or explanation and sometimes you just do things because it makes them happy and I am generally speaking okay with that because it's not it's not like it's harmful it's just sort of something to make maybe them happy yeah which yeah. is fair you are you're a middle child I was almost going to say that you were but so you're a middle child is mm -hmm. do you feel like and I feel like we talk about family a lot on this podcast for whatever reason but I'm I feel like I'm interested in it I know a lot of people make fun of middle children, probably for good reason, but how has it been <laughs> being a middle child like growing up? Like, did that, do you feel like that affected you at all? Oh, for sure. Um, 
you know, I've actually never been asked that question, but I feel like that's probably been one of the most impactful things about my life. Yeah. Like that, that's that shaped my personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my, my brother and sister are very, they're a lot more outgoing and I guess loud, louder than I am. Um, I'm definitely more of like the quiet one and the more, um, what, what am I thinking of? Not introspective, but, um, well, I guess, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just the one that's kind of more, you're more reserved, more yeah. reserved. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And that definitely came from when I was growing up having more of the attention on either of them. Yeah. You know, my sister being the oldest, my brother being the baby and there were just certain things about me. Like I, I always did well in school and, of course. uh, yeah, I mean, also being a girl, you know, it just felt like my parents had less trouble with me growing up. So, um, so yeah. Do you, do you find that you enjoy being a younger sister or an older sister more? Or do you not really think of yourself as two different roles? I don't think of myself as two different roles. And I don't even know if I really consider myself in either of those roles. I just consider myself a sister. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's really sweet yeah I, <laughs> I think probably because older sister or younger sister I I feel like I associate those roles with like certain stereotypes or things that we see on tv or you know yeah I don't know just like certain characteristics and I I feel like my relationship with my siblings has not been that traditional so yeah I think I just consider myself a, in general a sister okay that's nice I think I always wonder what it would have been like to be an older brother and I have no doubt that I am the way that I am because I'm a younger sibling and I fully yeah. acknowledge that my older sister had laid every path for me and I you know I, I did pretty much everything that that she did and I mm -hmm. use my parents and my sister as as guides never really having to truly think for myself and um, mm -hmm. you know that's that's caused some problems I'm sure and it's also made a lot of things about me so I don't have a complaint about it but I, I just think it's really interesting how wherever you end up being in the family if you're not an only child makes such a big difference as to how you are how, how, how have your like brother and sister been with with Reva have they gotten to see her a lot I know they're not that close but no your sister is close she is in Seattle oh no she's not I like <laughs> but she was in New York so okay she she was very close okay um they've been down uh, my sister's been down twice now, uh, and then my brother has seen her four times. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, they, they've been really good with her, and, you know, this is their first niece, uh, so, yeah. you know, kind of first baby in the family or the immediate family, so uh, it's a learning experience. Neither of them have changed diapers or, you know, done all that, yeah. the fun stuff. Right. So, yeah. but, but, they, but they're, they're loving it and they, you know, they love her and yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun stuff, we think we've talked enough about being a parent and being a family member. Like what, what are you doing for fun? I mean, are you able to do anything for yourself at all or is it only being a parent? Uh, let's see. What am I doing for fun? Well, we tried to go to brunch last weekend. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, and um, half, well, not halfway through, towards the end, 
we got a call that Rava was refusing the bottle. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to rush home. But it was we and you I left brunch to go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It was only two minutes away, so Oh, okay. It was all good. Um but yeah, no, we we've gone out to dinner a few times. We actually went to a wedding uh in November. So when she was quite young and we yeah. stayed overnight. Oh wow. And and I had two vodka sodas. So <laughs> I had a lot of <laughs> I was exhausted after that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we, we have done things and um you know, we try to kind of get yeah. back to what life was before. Yeah, and you, you've never been somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, who is, you know, wanting to go out every weekend and, you know, every chance possible, but are you more of a homebody now? Like, do you not miss going out at all? Or are you like, now that I have to be home all the time, I really want to go out when I can. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's kind of hard to think about because with the pandemic, I feel like I already became a little bit of a homebody even yeah. before becoming a parent. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think now, like when we do have an opportunity to go out, we we try to go out. We're actually going out to dinner tomorrow night. Okay, so, good. Yeah, I'm trying to take advantage of yeah those times. Because when you were when you were a kid, I'm told that you would sneak out to go to parties, and your <laughs> brother would help you, and you're going out and recording <laughs> rap videos. Is it the same, Malika? Or <laughs> Am I talking about can somebody we, else? Can we pivot to the next? <laughs> um, man, uh, some of those things may be true. Okay. All right. That's all so things have, things have changed, essentially. <laughs> they have changed. And in case Reva ever listens to this, I cannot reveal too many details. So. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That'll be episode two. Um, <laughs> So I do want to hear a little bit about this new uh, thing that you're trying to do. You said you're trying to start a new podcast, unless you can't talk about it. Um, yeah, where, yeah, no. where did this idea come from? And like, what are you trying to do to try to set this up? Yeah, so um, I made a really good friend down here. She's actually Pernit's co-worker. And, you know, the two of us, we, we just have a ton in common. And we end up talking about a lot of different topics we, we just have there's a lot of things that we both have questions about or find interesting and we just thought that there might be more people out there that find these certain things interesting and sure we've also we just wanted to do a fun project that was for us like you know just something something different and uh we just thought a podcast would be easier relative to other options that we were considering um just like an easy fun way to yeah to just what else create. were you considering uh well like a tv show or something <laughs> i won't speak for her I'll, I'll one thing i was considering is you know that's like um uh they're kind of like so they're youtube videos and these okay. are like a youtube channel. it's like a whiteboard uh you know like white a whiteboard whiteboard cryptocurrency i think that's one of them where okay. basically this guy explains different concepts in cryptocurrency using like a drawing, like okay. a live drawing. Yeah. And I always thought like, that'd be so cool to create something like that. It's just like a, a series of YouTube videos diving into a topic and just don't even need to create a lot of visual content. It's just like a, a whiteboarding, a visualization that goes along with the narrative. You could almost do that even after the fact, right? Like if you recorded a podcast and you could also even just go back and add 
visual stuff to it to go along with it or no? Depending on what the podcast is about. Yeah, actually, you could probably do that. Yeah. So you just met her, just a coworker of Pranit, you said, not even yours. No. Is that, I mean, what, I'm sure moving to a new place is is difficult because you didn't know anybody when you moved there, right? No, no, not really. How do you, I mean, it wasn't the pandemic when you moved there. Life was still relatively normal. Like how, how do you meet new people? Because you probably haven't had to do that you know, since college? I mean, you know, you knew people yeah. in New York and you knew people in Chicago. And what was it like to just move to a totally new place? It is so hard to make friends as an adult. Yeah. It, it's, it's very... Especially as a middle child. <laughs> exactly. I was already, you know, <laughs> I was already starting from behind. Uh, so it, it feels forced a lot of the times because you kind of have to, like, make it happen, uh, whether that means, like, going out there and like joining groups where people meet each other or um you know just making an effort to like spend time get to know people yeah uh that stuff is hard and yeah yeah in new york and chicago it's as long as you know like one or two people you can usually meet their friends and right you know that way but in raleigh i mean we knew a few people and and some of those people we got to know really really well or much better uh, like a bobbin for example um Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah. I mean, it's with brand new people. I, I'm trying to think if I've made any brand new friends. Yeah, You're thinking it's, that it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's that. That's a no. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, but it's hard. I mean, it's like I don't know how much you you dated prior to. I mean, I do prior to meeting Pranith, but. I imagine it feels pretty similar. Yeah, it is. Honestly, it is a lot like dating. Um, there was, there were actually a couple oh, <laughs> guest appearance. <laughs> oh my god, that is the cutest baby. Look for that. Um. Yeah. So I, you know. I feel very lucky that I never really had to date anybody because I know that I'd be awful at it. And I, I'm a little bit afraid having to move to Milwaukee because I imagine I had to put myself oh, out yeah. there and, and meet new people. So I think learning how to talk to people is super important. And it seems like you've done yeah. a pretty good job. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, well, do you guys know anybody in Milwaukee? Uh, I do know one person. Okay. I mean, that makes a difference because if you know one person, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of, to branch out and meet more people. And I hope that kickstarts things for you guys. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, we have, so we have, I actually have two friends there who are together and they're living there for one of the two years that I'm going to be there. So that'll be a good jumping off point. Is that a second glass of wine or is that the same? No, it's the same glass. Okay. One thing um, I've heard actually good things about, Bumble for friends. I have heard about this, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's also, like, horror stories, but, you know, it could be worth worth a shot. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the modern era. We have to use technology to our advantage, I suppose. And, you, I mean, you guys just moved into a brand new house that you got to build. That's pretty exciting, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been awesome, and we've been enjoying the house a lot. We're still, like furnishing it and 
doing all that stuff, but uh, it's nice to have the space. I, I mean, I think our bathroom is bigger than our bedroom in New York City. <laughs> it's possible yeah. because yeah, well, it's New York. So I've seen <laughs> pictures of this walk-in bathroom. Is that what it's called? I said walk-in shower. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I know it's it's weird to have that much space. I, I wonder if I went back yeah. to my apartment in New York, I probably feel yeah depressed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know your time is very valuable um, away from Reva. So I think I've taken up enough of your time. So I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah. Thanks for being on here. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, thanks for making me reflect a little bit about our friendship and also just in general, like talking to people and, and making that effort. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot more to talk about appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of your night, maybe another glass of wine and um, enjoy. Enjoy bath time. Yes, I will. (laughs) Okay. All All right. right. Goodbye.